podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the 10-12, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference. I am your host, Philip Slavin. Thank you for joining us on a Monday. I am back. I was back Thursday, but I'm back for the Monday show. No weddings this weekend. Thank you very much. Very excited about that. Uh, enjoyed sitting around and watching a lot of college football, and I mean a lot of college football. As much as I could when I didn't have a one-year-old and a two-year-old trying to use me as a human jungle gym, but that's just life as a dad. It's fine. It's cool. Um, joining me today, as they always do, Andy Mitz. I'm doing okay. It was a rough weekend, but I'm I'm doing all right. That's that's fantastic. Thank you, Andy. Uh, and Jamie Steyer Johnson, JSJ herself. <laughs> Andy, I mean, how could you have had a better weekend than meeting me, baby? Look, look, I, I realized pretty quickly into that first quarter that I should have picked a different game to go up and visit Ames and enjoy that experience up there, like when my team wasn't going to get curb stomped. So other than besides that, the that, weekend was absolutely fantastic, except for the fact that my team lost by 52 points. It's a, Besides that, Mr. President, how was the show? I think that I think it's Mrs. Lincoln. Isn't that their, their yeah. saying? Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. I suppose you're not talking to the dead guy. Yeah, probably not. Uh, this is why I already said my first trip to Ames will not be for an Oklahoma State game. I would rather go and just watch them beat somebody else and, and you know, just cheer vicariously through them. Um, okay, so obviously we have plenty of action from this weekend to get to, and of course the game's coming up. But, but as I mentioned a couple weeks ago, uh, we're going to spend this fall taking some time to get to know the uh, the new members of the family. I know it's not formal yet, like I said, where it's all engaged. There's no formal ceremony yet. We're not married, but we've got four teams that will be joining the Big 12 here in the next few years. Of course, Cincinnati, Houston, uh, UCF, or Central Florida, or whatever they want to go by, and BYU. Uh, BYU, the team that we're going to be discussing today. I am very excited to have, I mean, the voice of not just BYU, but like four different teams for the BYU sports, which is freaking awesome. Uh, Greg Rebell, joining us here today. Greg, welcome to the 1012, sir. It's my pleasure to be with you all. Thank you. So uh, let's just, I mean, this is as broad as a question as this is to kick things off. This this is where I'm going to go. I mean, what do you feel Big 12 fans should know about BYU to get them excited about this athletic department as a whole, not just football, but but university joining the conference? Well, I'm going to maybe allude a little bit to something, uh, uh, you know, Mike Gundy said a few weeks ago, in fact, when BYU was either rumored to be joining or or was confirmed to have joined, um, he talked about just the recognition of uh, of the logo, you see the Y, and you think something. And, and he said, you think you think P five caliber competition. Um, you know, clearly this is a football driven decision, but it's not just a football you know based department that BYU is putting out into the Big Twelve. Um, you know, they're they're kind of uh, if not perennial, more often than not NCAA tournament team in men's basketball. Uh, they've won national championships in other sports, Olympic sports, the uh, the Learfield Directors Cup, which you know looks at the overall department BYU. 17th in the 2020-21 season. Uh, so, you know, from an overall department perspective, BYU represents pretty well. And then beyond that, you know, they have the history. They have some tradition. Uh, they've won a national title in football. Um, they have advanced in the NCAA tournaments in, in men's basketball. 
They have a contact with ESPN, gives them visibility. They have a big time venue. It'll be the biggest basketball and football venue in the Big 12 once BYU joins. And so they have all the trappings of a P5 program, and they've had that without the P5 designation. And, and I think BYU's already always seen itself as, you know, as a P5 institution, but they haven't had the membership to kind of put the stamp of approval on that. Um, and for whatever reason, uh, either the conference or the timing, it wasn't right for BYU until uh, this year. But uh, now that it's about to happen in 2023, it feels like BYU in a lot of ways is finally where you know, it belongs in, 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 a, in, a, in a sense. I, I think that BYU, when, the, when the, the conversation was about the Big 12 expanding, and everybody's talking about the teams they wanted to talk about, you know, Boise State, Memphis, not not included, SMU. The the one school, everyone was kind of like, oh, yeah, that's it's a lock. Like, that's that's the one we all know is BYU, um, which, which to me kind of backs up what you've been saying. Like, it makes so much sense to add BYU at this point for this conference of looking for strength. Uh, because of because of how good BYU has been, and it certainly doesn't hurt that the football program these last last season and carrying over into this season as well has been absolutely phenomenal. Um, I mean, talk a little bit about about BYU football and 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 how you think it's gotten to the point it is right now. I mean, last year we all kind of thought, you know, okay, this is cool. You've you've got the quarterback. You know, people talked about the schedule because it wasn't any power conference teams on it. So okay, well maybe it's just light, and that's one of the reasons they've been really good. But it, they've they've followed through this year. You you didn't have the star quarterback who's now off in the NFL. You open the season by basically winning the Pac-12 South in in a three week time span. I mean, talk to me just about about BY football right now and how, and how you think it's gotten to this this level it's at currently. And and if you believe this is something where this is just the start and it's only going to get better when they they get to the conference. Well, you know, it's been a it's been a long decade of independence. Not that it's been. Um, you know, a, a total struggle or a trial by any, by, by any stretch, it's just been a unique challenge uh, for BYU going from, uh, you know, conference standpoint to having a decade of independence. And I, I you could argue that how BYU uh, handled the decade of independence, put them in a position to make sense for the big 12 uh, right now, you mentioned last year's schedule and how there were no P5 teams on it. And, you know, the schedule when it was created had six P5s on it. And they all dropped off with COVID. They all went away. And so it was up to the AD Tom Holmo and, you know, to cobble together a new schedule. And the P5s weren't playing BYU last year. They were only playing each other. So there's really no choice but to go elsewhere and find a way to put a schedule together. And BYU did, winning 11 of 12 games. So I think there was a recognition and an appreciation for the fact that BYU said, we're going to play. And they were saying, we're going to play before pretty much every, anyone else was saying that. And, and they were able to string together, you know, like I said, an 11 win in 12 game season. Now that that helped kind of, you know, reassert and reestablish some visibility. What I think BYU had last year that the Cougars hadn't had for a while was that that relevance in the October, November conversation. You know, they were back in the conversation when the season got late and it hadn't been that way in a while. And a lot of that reason is a function of independence because with independence, you're front-loading your schedule, generally speaking, with those P5s in the first month, because once you get into October, it's harder and harder for P5s to schedule because they're in their own leagues. And so you'd invariably start September with essentially an entirely P5 slate where almost no one else is doing that uh, at the P5 level. And so it was tough for BYU to get out of September any better than, you know, two and two, three and one for the most part. Well, last year, you know, they were four and oh. And then again, this year, they're four and oh. 
and now they're five, but they were 4-0 for the first time ever in back-to-back seasons. That, that, that kind of blew some people away because as much tradition as BYU has um, and, and a pretty you know successful program, generally speaking, they've never gone even 4-0 in back-to-back seasons until last year and this year. And of course, this year they earned it with those three, you know, Pac-12 uh, South P5 wins to open the or to open the season. And so, again, kind of rarefied air that way. And so, uh, where BYU football has been is visible and successful and historical. But right now, they're winning it even at a level they haven't done uh, ever. Back to back now, five and zero starts to the season. And just to kind of add to that point, there, like. I think what really helped was having that marquee matchup with Coastal Carolina. Cause even though, you know, they didn't win that particular matchup, it was a really good game. It was really entertaining. It was, it was a, a game between two teams that looked like they belonged. And it's been a long time since we've gotten that late in the season that people saw that from a BYU team, mainly because what you were talking about in terms of the actual availability of those matchups at that point in the season. So, yeah, you know, a little bit of PTSD on that one uh, for me, uh, BYU came, you know, one yard shy, right, at the very, very end. And I, I, you know, only a play-by-play guy is going to think like this, but I remember the very first play of the game was a 90-yard touchdown taken off the board on a hold uh, by the tight end on the edge. And and if BYU scores on the first play of the game coming in on the momentum they had going into Coastal, I wonder how things might have gone if Coastal's down 7 nothing, 30 seconds of the game. Didn't happen that way, and it was kind of a grind the rest of the way. As it stood, yeah, BYU stopped on the one-yard line to end the game. So the perfect season goes by the wayside, but you finished ranked 11th at 11-1, and one, and, and as I noted before, you were part of the discussion very late into the year. Uh, BYU football is a talking point, and whether or not they were going to be even in the playoff, not even but your six mix at 12-0 and 0, had they gotten there, it would have been fun to see uh, how the committee would have treated them. Uh, certainly at 11-1, and one, there wasn't a shot. 12-0, and 0, you never know. Uh, this year, because of how many P5s are on the schedule, seven P5s right now, if BYU were to put together, you know, 11 and one, or, you know, certainly 12 and oh, I think they're pretty solid, but even a one loss BYU team this year would be an interesting discussion point because of how the schedule was crafted. And it gets pretty heavy down the stretch too. They'll, they'll play for their final five FBS games on the road this year. Um, they left the, they left the state of Utah to play the opener against Arizona in Vegas. But since then, They've been in-state, and they'll be in-state this Saturday home to Boise before going to Waco and playing Baylor uh, a week from this upcoming Saturday. And that kind of starts the, the closing stretch, you will, of games that to really test BYU with so many being away from home. Yeah, it's crazy. You go to Waco, then you go to, to Pullman, Washington for Washington State, back home for a couple of games against Virginia and Idaho State, and then you end the season on the road at Georgia Southern and at USC, who are two teams that uh, don't currently have their head coaches yeah. anymore. So that's a, that's an interesting little side note there uh greg not yeah. just you're not just adding the school when you add a new university to a conference you're also adding a city you know adding a new destination for fans to get to go to and check out and experience i i have never i don't i mean if i've been to utah i went through utah on the way to colorado or whatever forgive me i don't have a map pulled up in front of me and it's been a very long time since first grade geography um but tell me a little bit about provo well if you were if you were if you were going through utah to get to colorado you'd be starting either in nevada or california i'll tell you wasn't so i didn't okay um yeah (laughs) tell me about provo like what why um what should fans from other schools be excited about having provo now as a as a town as part of the big 12 well you know it's 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 the college town in that there's a college in the town 
but it's 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 more than just BYU. I mean, Provo's got more than BYU going for it. Now that said, um, it's part of a it's part of a, a kind of a twin city arrangement. Provo and Orem are, are the two cities. Uh, Orem is home to Utah Valley University. No football there, but they're a Division One basketball program, and so. Provo and Orem are kind of neighboring towns uh, linked together, um, and, and BYU clearly is the driver uh, of, of Provo and Utah County, but I guess it might, I might call it bigger than a typical, you know, quote-unquote college town, if you're going to, um, you know, use that moniker. Uh, I, think, I think one of the best things about Provo comes down to game days for me because of where you get to see the games, and LaBelle Edwards Stadium, the backdrop is as picturesque as any vista in college football, uh, we've had so many, you know, broadcast crews and others, writers, et cetera, you know, make their way to the third floor of the Lavelle Edwards Stadium press box and, and look out their window and the, the mountains are smack dab in your face. Like you are, you are staring at the mountains, the, the, the stadium's practically backed up against them. And this time of year, especially now the colors are turning, it's just a spectacular sight. And I think it'll be kind of fun if anybody wants to tune into ABC this Saturday afternoon for BYU and Boise State, I think it'll be uh, you know, kind of postcard like because it'll be an afternoon game in the fall with the colors turning on the mountains. Um, I think anybody that wants to see what Provo's like on a game day, and it's sold out as well. Uh, so you're looking at around 63, 64,000 fans for BYU and Boise this Saturday from Lavelle Edwards Stadium. So this will be the kind of uh, perfect football fall Saturday that I think fans could get used to when they come. And I do hear this a lot too. Uh, visiting teams that come to Provo and Lavelle Edwards Stadium always remark about the hospitality and 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 how um, eye-opening it is to, to be in enemy territory, if you will, and be treated so well um, by, you know, by the host. And uh, I, I genuinely look forward to meeting new people from new teams and new broadcast crews and experiencing new fan bases uh, coming through Provo and Lavelle Edwards Stadium and the Marriott Center for that matter. For that matter, Marriott Center is also a pretty cool experience when that gets up to 19,000 fans and the atmosphere is on. You know, you know, it's a big game night. And the great thing about the Big 12 is so many of those games in hoop season will feel like the Gonzaga game now feels for BYU or the St. Mary's game now feels for BYU. But you'll get that instead of one or you know one or two times a year. You're getting it you know what, six, seven, eight times a year maybe uh, where these big names come through. And the place gets rocking, so that'll be another fun, fun part too. Yeah, I can actually absolutely understand why BYU fans are excited. And again, I I think this is a fun thing with the Big Twelve expansion is great. I'm glad the conference is staying together, and I think they've got four really solid additions to the conference. We, we've we've talked about this. Um, oh my gosh, I just thought Andy, the name of the uh, ranking site for basketball. Which one? Uh, you're talking about Ken Palm. Thank you, right. Ken Palm. Ken Palm? So Ken, Ken Palm had put out the numbers. Um, ranking the conferences as they currently stand. The Big 12 yeah. was number one by a lot. And he swapped it out, adding the new four teams and dropping Oklahoma and Texas. And while the margin shrank, it's still the ranked the best basketball conference yeah. in men's basketball in college, which is fantastic. So it's very, very exciting. These are four obviously great additions. I know you kind of mentioned a couple of things. We know BYU is good at football right now. I know it's a solid men's basketball program. And I think uh, Mark Pope is really doing a good job there in Provo. What are some of the other sports that Big 12 fans should be excited about when they get to face off with BYU? Well, I also call uh, women's soccer, and that's a, that's a perennial NCAA tournament team. Uh, the WCC has been a perennial 2-3 team, you know, women's, women's soccer tournament uh, uh, conference. And, and that's, I think they're pretty comparable to the Big 12 that way. I think the Big 12 has the same kind of profiling in terms of number of teams they'll put in the tournament 
on a year in year out basis. Uh, baseball is going to be where BYU is really challenged to kind of hang in there uh, with the Big 12. Uh, you know, they've been kind of a, a, you know, top tier, sometimes middle of the pack team in the WCC. But in the WCC, you're looking one, maybe two bids max. Whereas in the, in the Big 12, much like in men's basketball, uh, you're looking in that five to seven teams range that, that, that that's going to play postseason. And if you're just in that mix, you're still a pretty darn good baseball team in this case. And that's where BYU, I think, aspires to be. Uh, venue size, they're kind of right there. Um, but the talent level, and the expectations will rise dramatically for baseball uh, going to 12. BYU's won a national championship in, in cross country this past year. Uh, the women's and men's track and cross country programs, very strong. Uh, men's and women's volleyball. Now, men's won't play in the Big 12. Women will. And, and the women are you know, annually in the NCAA tournament. They'll make a sweet 16 and the lead eight run uh, as well in that. And so uh Sports off the top, football, men's basketball, women's basketball is also top tier WCC, but the track and cross countries, baseball will have work to do. Women's soccer will be right there. I think, I think as I've talked about the big 12 and what BYU would do when it gets there, it's not going to be uh, like, like, like they're dropped into a tub of ice or trying to acclimate. It's, it's going to be, a, they're going to be in the mix in a lot of things already. I'm not saying they're going to walk in and start winning every title, but they're not going to feel like, oh, we're in over our heads, punching above our weight here. It's going to feel like a good fit, I think. Yeah, I, I'm excited. I, again, I've never been to Utah. I, now I have a reason to go other than just for vacation. So I'm I'm pretty excited to get to Provo as soon as I can. Greg, you have been awesome. I want to say thank you very much for joining us today here on the show. Um, do me a favor. Where can everybody continue to, uh, to check out the great work you do uh, covering BYU? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm more into Twitter than I am Insta or anything else. Uh, no TikTok account. It's, <laughs> uh, but uh, on, on Twitter, it's uh, at Greg Rubel. And so that's at G-R-E-G Greg and then W-R-U-B-E-L-L is how you spell my last name. So at Greg Rubel on Twitter. That's where I do most of my work. Hopefully people think it's good work. Uh, a lot of stats, uh, a lot of football right now, obviously. And I try to cover it all as best I can. So thanks for the uh, thanks for the shout out there. And uh, maybe we'll talk again as we get closer to this thing becoming reality. It's a little more than a year and a half away. But uh, come July 1st, 2023, BYU can call itself a, a Big 12 member. And I know the Cougar Nation has looked forward to that day for a long, long time. It's It's been a fun month or so uh, to be a Cougar fan here as the season began really well in football. And the Big 12 news right there, they beat Utah. I, it was a really kind of a September to remember uh, in Provo, and hopefully October uh, turns out pretty well, too. Are you a Big 12 basketball-obsessed fan and have nowhere to go for just all of your Big 12 basketball information? Look no further, because Midwest Madness is here just for you. We talk men's and women's basketball all year long. With exclusive interviews, guests that come on to talk about each team, game recaps once the season begins, and so much more content you won't know what to deal with. So for all of your Big 12 basketball needs, Midwest Madness is your place to go. Listen on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. You know, speaking of TikTok, should Chris, I feel like Christine maybe knows TikTok too, because she's like my age. Should we make a TikTok? Like for this podcast? I mean, for this network? Or, or the network? Maybe. We could do. Wait a minute. Does anybody, does anybody want to see us do, do TikTok? Big 
12 big 12 theme tiktoks we could do what we could find someone that wants to do one like the there's a any agar person who does a whole bunch of like oh, nfl yeah. those are hilarious <laughs> the monday the monday meetings they do yeah exactly teams. yeah uh or you look at the what's the the sec shorts that they do have you ever watched those those are a riot um they did one My for, for you page doesn't know i'm a sports fan but I'm gonna, I'm gonna find it. Was I supposed to pause my recording for this, Philip? No. Okay. Okay. I no. just want to make sure. I was like, I thought this you is, might have. I want, I want the people's feedback. This is staying in. This okay. is staying in. All right. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So, um, just, just so everybody's aware, like this is staying in. It's happening. Um, which really makes this transition incredibly awkward. For yes, exactly. Uh, no, if I you was... are a, for Big 12 fans, if you're looking to hop into your fandom and, and getting to know our new teams like Central Florida and BYU and Houston a little bit more uh, early on, might I suggest you go and grab some gear and start sporting it, at least until they get here and then you hate them and, and don't want to root for them and hope that they lose all the time and everything forever and ever. Amen. Uh, Homefield Apparel. The most comfortable vintage college sports apparel you will find absolutely anywhere, homefieldapparel.com. They have BYU. They have Houston. They have Central Florida. They don't have that other school we're adding, and I'm going to keep poking at you because get it together, Cincinnati, okay? Get it together. I want to know what I want to see what a Bearcat looks like on a t-shirt, not in the weird Google image, which is not the most appealing character I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, their mascot makes it look like a cat. The some of Bearcat, I don't I'm going off on a tangent. Anyways, they also have Homefield Apparel, not Bearcats. They also have Texas, Oklahoma State, Baylor, uh, Texas Tech, and Iowa State. A few of those teams need a little Homefield magic right now this season. So go to Homefield, use the promo code NETWORK12, N-E-T-W-O-R-K-1-2, get 15% off your first order. Okay, and they have more than 100 schools available. If you don't find yours, it's going to get there eventually. So if you want to wait, that's fine. Just go ahead and remember that promo code here you're wanna, you're going to want to use it. Network 12. All orders of $70 or more get free shipping. Oh, they're so good. Their stuff is so amazing. We got to start doing it. I, I, I seriously, yeah. I don't know what else I can do at this point. Kansas needs to get their act together and get home field because I am just waiting for my next order. And I don't want to have to wait, you know, another six months. I'm sure Homefield doesn't Bye. want me to have to wait another six months too. So Kansas, get your act together because I want some Kansas Homefield gear, please. We we got my dad Homefield shirts for his birthday and he was wearing his Toledo one when I left the house today and he was so excited about it. And if you recall back when I got my Homefield stuff, mm -hmm. I said, it runs tall. The, the doggers fit, the doggers that I was wearing this week, fit the shirts and sweatshirts all fit me and i'm six one my dad's six five and they fit him really well too so if you're yeah. short hem them you'll live if you're tall i've got great news for you uh, i forgot to add that west virginia is also currently one of the schools and we know that tcu is coming sometime in the future as for the rest of you big 12 schools get it together folks homefieldapparel.com promo code network 12 15% off your first order. Be reckoned the most comfortable vintage college sports apparel anywhere. Before we move on, I just want to congratulate us on the most awkward ad transition in the history of podcasting. So I'll make home field TikToks too. That's fine. That, oh, <laughs> you know, we could probably run the promo code on that and they would be very happy with it. So they probably would. Yeah. I know yeah. I want to do like TikTok about behind the scenes of basketball stuff so. oh i thought you were gonna say this, this well. podcast oh, this po oh my gosh yeah 
Oh. I say I'm gonna have this to start turning off my video. I don't if you're like do the that. behind the behind the scenes of the podcast would be like my cat trying to get on my microphone. Well, you know what? Halloween and is coming up, so it probably meow. would be perfect timing to start doing that, right? Meow. <laughs> Kitty, Kitty don't like podcast. Okay, uh, lots of Big Twelve football action this weekend, and uh, uh, don't we always? <laughs> Like that's a shocker for anybody listening. They're like, yeah, this is just this is a plus normal, just every day of the week kind of stuff from them. Um, <laughs> hey, folks! By the way, for all of you who continually listen to this podcast on a regular basis, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I really appreciate it. Um, I'm going to ask you one favor, and I, I don't I try not to ask too many favors of you guys, but I ask one: uh, share the show with a friend, like one friend, just one person. You're like, you know who? It, I wonder if they listen to the show. They love the Big Twelve. I'm going to see if they do and just mention it to them. That's all you got to do: one mention. I would appreciate it, you know, just, just give it a shot because you might do your friend a favor and they may love us. And uh, it would certainly help the show out because it's just more people who get to listen and that's, that's good for us. And it's good for you because we keep the show running and then and everybody's happy. Everybody's happy. We'll just turn the network into a pyramid scheme. Ooh. Um, no. A MLM? A little MLM action? <laughs> no. No. If you bring in 50 listeners, you get your own show. Yeah. No, no, no. No, spot. you gotta have at least spot 100 on the show. Spot on the show. Uh, okay. Yeah, fifty yeah, is yeah. a spot. A hundred is like okay, like a we segment. Might, we'll give you a, a yeah. <laughs> you get it. Like we gotta work our way up to that. Okay. Um, Patreon or the ideas for for the Patreon though. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Yeah, the pa- <laughs> Yeah, the Patreon. Yeah, that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna we're gonna do that. I thought we would just start a. Never mind. We're going going down that path. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> Iowa State fifty nine, Kansas seven. Um, I don't think we have to talk a lot about this one, Andy. I'll do you a favor. I just want to know, like, how well, how how are you guys? Like, I know you you mentioned it at the top, but like, did you guys have fun meeting each other, tailgating, hanging out, having having some beers? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so funny story. I, uh, I I'm part of the Why Right Natty Light Discord as well. Uh, you know, and so over there oh, had some guys that were trying trying to give away tickets, and they were like, uh, you know, I want the stadium to be as full as possible. Want to get as many Iowa State fans. The problem was pretty much everyone in that in that Discord either couldn't go or already had tickets. So I was lucky enough to be able to get it, you know. And I'm I I feel like I'm probably a reasonable enough fan that they were fairly certain that I wasn't going to be a complete jackass when I came up there. Which not a complete one. Right, right, right. Partial, just a little bit. Uh, but no, no. So went up there, got to meet a whole bunch of you know Iowa State fans and people that I've been talking to online or you know on a podcast. Uh, and it, it was absolutely fantastic. I, I learned a very valuable lesson to not go to places that I want to visit for the first time when it's my team that could potentially get completely destroyed. Because I can tell you right now, the only the only problem I had with the entire visit was literally the fact that Kansas lost fifty nine to seven. And I I don't want to say anything else about the game at this point. So I'm just gonna my one comment is. You've been a Kansas fan for quite some time, and this is the first time you learned that? No, no, this is the first time I've gone to an opposing stadium that I wanted to go to when okay. my team was going to be there. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Jamie, what was your, what was it like for you this weekend? How much fun did you have? Good. Well, I I was thinking back, and I genuinely don't think I've been to a, like in a game, not just tailgating, since I was in college, which, you know, 2018. So it's not that, that long, considering we lost the season, but... Like it's been several years still. And so it was, it was really cool. Like I went, I saw Andy, I had to do some rounds to see some people that I don't generally see otherwise and got around, saw friends and caught up and 
got in and sat in the stands and watched a fun game. So it was, it was cool. And my husband came with me and he doesn't get to go to as many Iowa games as he would like to. And so he gets really into it too. He just likes to have something to cheer for. So he puts on his cyclone gear and we go out and get into it. And it's, it's a great time. He's a good sport. So it was, it was a blast. It was really, really great. It was nice to be back in Jack Trace. That's awesome. Uh, Obviously a nice day for Iowa state. Big win. I say big in the terms of like score, not like margin of victory or like level of opponent. Uh, Andy, I'm, I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm I mean, just... it was it it was a big win, and that it was a win after a loss to get them back on the right track. I mean, that's really yeah. the only the only the only way in terms of like the consequences of the game that it was important. It was potentially a get right game. Uh, especially with an idle week now for Iowa State. They are off this coming week um, and have time to get ready for a road trip to Kansas State. Uh, for Kansas, are you off next week? They're off next week, right? Yeah, they're off yep. next week. To get yes. ready for homecoming against Texas Tech. So, they, Ooh, ooh, okay. All yeah. Right. Well, let's talk about Texas Tech. Texas Tech going on the road uh, to Morgantown and knocking off West Virginia 23 to nothing. Or sorry, 23 to 20. It was 17 nothing at the half. West Virginia put up 17 in the third quarter. Uh, and then uh, and then lost that game in a game where I have not listened to the Raspy Voice Kids uh, post game show as of yet. It's been a very busy weekend. Um, I can only imagine how happy that they are right now. I'm, I say happy, air quote sarcasm. Um, this was a game West Virginia absolutely expected to win. It's a West game everybody thought West Virginia should win, um, especially after a, a Saturday where they had a close. Should have beaten Oklahoma game, and Texas Tech just got blasted by Texas. Instead, we're sitting here with West Virginia, who's 0-2 in Big 12 play. Texas Tech was 1-1. Texas Tech looks like the better. I, I, I come away from this game going, I almost think that the, not this past Saturday, but the week before, was just kind of an outlier for some teams. Like, Texas Tech getting blasted by Texas was... I I think just kind of just kind of one of those games, and West Virginia playing a close game against Oklahoma was just kind of one of the, like those games happen. I I almost wonder is this the weekend we should take more away from than the weekend before, or is the reality, which is the story for this whole weekend, is the reality that, that the Big Twelve this year is just buckle up, folks, because I don't think we're ever really going to learn anything overall. It's more like week to week, and some teams are going to be better than others at the end of the season, record-wise, and and that's the biggest thing. Like The middle might really be as muddled, muddy, and messy as we thought it was, and even more so, to be honest, based off of what happened this weekend around the Big 12. I think the Big 12 as a whole is just kind of all over the place, and so I think the results are going to be all over the place. Like, yeah, we want things to be a neat hierarchy of here's number one, here's number 10, and everyone falls in line in between. And unfortunately, we've got the number one and we've got the number 10 and everything in between is not falling neatly into line. And I don't think that that's going to change really at any point during this season. Like we've talked about it, you know, Texas has a chance to maybe separate themselves near the top. Some other teams have the chance to kind of separate themselves at the bottom if they don't perform. But I think that it's just going to be what you were saying is week to week. We don't really know what to expect. It's just, okay, well, this is what happens. Let's move on. And you never really know what the next week's going to look like. Yeah. I think what it comes down to for me is that, 
there's literally only, I think, three units in the entire Big 12 that we actually know what they are, that don't have a bunch of variants from week to week. That would be the Iowa State defense, you know, to some extent, the Oklahoma State defense, and to a lesser extent, the TCU defense. Like, literally, those are probably the only three units where I'm fairly confident I know how good those are. You know, there are basically every other unit for every team has really, really good weeks and really, really bad weeks. You know, I'm thinking like, you know, Texas offense, for example, Arkansas was really, really bad. Last week against Texas Tech was really fantastic. I don't know that we really know anything about, you know, game to game, what these units are going to be like. Even the West Virginia defense, it looks pretty good. They had a rough week against Texas Tech. And I realized that part of that was the offense not necessarily setting them up in good positions. But, you know, we... I just, I don't know what to expect half the time from any particular unit, you know? And so it's one of those things where like Oklahoma, you know, I, there were lots of times where I was like, what the heck is going on with this Oklahoma team against Kansas state? But then you turn around and, you know, then it's like, oh, well, it seems like everything's back to normal. So even inside of individual games, it seems like we've got a lot of variants and a lot of these teams don't really know what they are at this point. So how are we supposed to have any clue what they're going to do? Yeah. I, I was surprised to see Texas Tech win this game and I don't look. I think the, the issue with Neil Brown and West Virginia has been the same thing for a while. They have really, really good defense, and until they get the quarterback situ- situation figured out, they're going to be limited on offense. And and that's, I mean, that's kind of Neil Brown. Like the offensive side of the ball is Neil Brown's wheelhouse, and the offense has been the problem consistently. And I don't know what he needs to do, according to every West Virginia fan, it's hire an actual offensive coordinator to run it. And maybe that's the case. And we've seen that work for head coaches in the past, work for Mike Gundy. Um, as for Texas Tech, good win. Um, I, I do think now at 4-1, and one, the Texas game was an outlier. I don't think it's the last time Texas Tech is going to probably get blasted in a game. But I think they, I, I don't, they're going to make a bowl game. Like you felt good after three and zero. The Texas game was really bad, and now I'm looking at it and you go, okay, I like they got to get two more wins, and Kansas is on the schedule. Uh, no offense, Andy. Like, okay, they're they're probably gonna go to ball game. Uh, Texas thirty two, TCU twenty seven. It was close in the first quarter, and then TCU made some moves late. Texas made a really weird decision to not kick a field goal and put themselves up two scores um, late in that game. TCU marches down, gets a touchdown, can't do anything else, game's over. TCU, man, I don't know. I, I come away from this game going, TCU wins this game a lot of the times because TCU makes fewer mistakes and Texas makes the mistakes. And it felt like in this one, TCU made the mistakes. You had a safety who was ejected for targeting, which, look, the refs were garbage in this game on both sides, and everyone hated it. Everybody hated the refs in this game. Everybody hated the refs in this game. Like, Texas and TCU fans, like, the only thing we can agree on in this game is the refs suck. Otherwise, middle finger. Um, Like, I don't know that I come away from this game. It's anything other than, hey, it's a Texas-TCU game. It's a close game between two teams that always play close games. TCU's got problems. Um... This, this is not going to be the season they thought it would be. And it's another it's another piece of evidence that what Sark is doing with the staff in Austin is, is working. And let me explain that. We knocked Tom Herman all the time because his teams played up and down to the level of competition. 
all the time. They get up to the big ones, and then they, they play down to the level lower competitions. Mario Cristobal and what Oregon. Um, they beat Louisiana soundly. They stomped Rice. They stomped Texas Tech. They played a close game with TCU, but they tend to lose more often than not, but they won it this year. And they got pretty soundly beat by an Arkansas team that turns out pretty good. So this Texas team is not going to win a national championship this year. Fine. Okay. But they're, 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 this is a good Texas team. It's not a great Texas team. It's not a national championship winning Texas team. It's not a Texas team that if it, like, even if it got to the playoff, do I think it's going to win a game? Probably not. But this is the best Texas team we've seen. Just, and I, I, I know this sounds like I'm, it's an overreaction after five games of being four and one, but this, there's enough evidence at this point in this season to say this is the best Texas team we've actually seen maybe since the Mac Brown era. I mean, I know Texas went to the Big 12 title game a few years ago under Tom Herman, so maybe we wouldn't say that one. But like, I do think this Texas team is good. I'm not going to play the, their back nonsense. But I do think this is a good Texas team and one that is going to challenge legitimately for the Big 12 title game. Yeah, I mean... My big takeaway from this game, honestly, I don't know that this really told me anything else about Texas because what I saw was a TCU offense that was really bad. Like it was doing horrible things in the worst spots possible and putting their defense back on their heels all the time. Like Texas got the ball really, really close to the end zone three times in that game. And that defense held them to field goals each time. Um, And you so, so TCU, for whatever reason, their offense is just not doing very well. And I don't know what it is. Yes, you know, Texas, you, you see 32 points and, and you think, oh my gosh, like they, you know, had an offensive explosion. They were in really, really very favorable position on the field all the time in this game. This is a game that honestly should have been a blowout fairly similar, I think, to the last week against Texas Tech. But that defense for the Horn Frogs really buckled down and did absolutely everything they could to keep them in that game and give them an opportunity to win that game. And so, like, I, I do agree. This is by far, I think, the best Texas team we've seen in a very long time. That Sark is definitely doing what they need to do. I, I do wonder, as the season goes on, if people are going to start figuring out what to do about this team. I, I think that they will challenge for the Big 12 championship game. But I, I, I'm, I would not be shocked to see, you know, if they end up falling off a little bit here. And they're, and they're riding a little bit of this momentum that they have. It's going to be a long season. I'm not really sure exactly. I mean, I, I'm seeing enough from this Texas offense to make me wonder how long it's going to get sustained. They had some pretty bad turnovers of their own. Um, and so like, you know, this, this I think is the perfect example of what I'm talking about looking at these three. Like the only thing I know for sure out of this game is that that TCU defense is really good because of the situation they were put in and what they were able to actually do. And that TCU offense just is going to have games like this where they're just absolutely abysmal and completely ruin any potential chance that they have to actually win. Yeah, I mean, it's exactly what I was saying before, that two through eight is all over the place, and Texas hasn't done the work to separate themselves from there yet. They absolutely could. They absolutely might not. Like, there was weird decisions going on there, like you alluded to, Andy. I mean, there was some weird, weird situations in that game. Pulling it out is absolutely worth something. You know, TCU's not a bad team, but it's... (laughs) I don't know. I just don't know what team is going to show up for most of the teams in the conference from one week to another. So it's like, yeah, they won the game. They beat a pretty decent team and they did what needed to be done. 
but they're not going out there and doing it in a way that I'm like ready to, you know, crown them the next big the one thing that I will say for Texas that they have going for them is they are the most consistent team so far in the Big 12. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, they got blasted by Arkansas, but, you know, Arkansas looks to be a really good team. Like, I mean, they are still, even though they just got completely destroyed by Georgia, like, I honestly, I think there's a really good chance that Georgia might be the best team in the nation this year. So that's not necessarily that surprising. Um, you know, Texas has shown that they are very consistent. If they if another team catches them just right, like I I don't I don't know that Texas has established that they have a talent or a schematic advantage or anything like that. They just don't have as much variance as most of these other teams, and so that's going to work well for them. And I do think it, like you said, Philip, it does put them in a very good position throughout the rest of the season, as long as they don't run into a string of you know finding a bunch of other teams on their best and you know able to take advantage of the fact that Texas isn't as far removed in terms of talent or in terms of that scheme right now. They're just extremely consistent, have been, you know, doing very well to not have the huge lows that all the other teams have had so far. This 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 was the first of a three-game stretch that was going to be tough for Texas. At TCU, Red River this week, and then Oklahoma State coming off of an idle week the following week. Then Texas gets an off week, then they go to Baylor and Iowa State in back-to-back weeks. So this three-game stretch and then the five-game stretch as a whole is, I mean, this is the meat of the schedule for Texas. If they get through this relatively unscathed, they close out with Kansas at home at West Virginia and Kansas State, and the way those teams look so far, I, that's, that should be 3-0 and for this Texas squad. If they get through the next four games relatively unscathed, I mean, if they can if they can hold it to like it's it's going to be a title game. Like they're going to pick a title game. Um, it's a lot. That's that's four games. A lot can happen in four games. That lot can happen in five weeks. But the first big test in conference play so far for them, a road game at TCU, worked out in their favor. Uh, one note on TCU, you know, Bijan Robinson for Texas got the ball thirty five times. He rewarded Texas with two hundred sixteen yards and two touchdowns, average six point two yards per carry. Zach Evans for TCU, seven and a half yards per carry, 113 yards and a touchdown on 15 carries. Um, TCU, may I offer a suggestion? Uh, give Zach Evans a ball more. Just a thought here. 15 carries. Get gives him the ball more. Give him the ball more. Give him the ball. Run the ball. <laughs> uh, run the ball. Um, just an idea. Just a thought process there. Speaking of Texas and TCU, Texas and TCU, two teams that. I mean, still fairly tending, trending up at Symbol. Two stocks still very valuable on Symbol. Symbol, of course, is the stock market for sports. It allows you to trade sports teams like Texas and Texas Tech, like stocks, and earn cash payouts when your team wins. Symbol has blended sports in the stock market to offer you a new way to invest in and profit off of your favorite teams or the teams you just buy shares in. For me, of course, that's Kansas and Kansas State, neither of which got me... Uh, any wins this week, but that's okay. This is a long play. Kansas State's done some good so far. Kansas, I expect that stock to pay off in about three to four years. <laughs> Seriously, though. Uh, Symbol is, of course, offering a very special giveaway to the 1012 Network and to this podcast, the 1012 Podcast. They're going to hold a free drawing or hold a drawing to give away two free tickets to a Big 12 game of your choice. All you got to do is sign up for Symbol. Sub Symbol. Symbol.com. S-I-M-B-U-L-L.com. Make your first $25 deposit. Use the promo code NETWORK12, N-E-T-W-O-R-K-1-2, and you will be entered in to win those two tickets to a Big 12 game of your choice. Now, look, if, if you just want to check it out and not pay yet, that's fine. Symbol.app, A-P-P, or symbol.com. 
poke around. You can uh, you can join our pick three that we have going on. That is free to participate. We are going to have weekly prizes. Yes, I know the koozies. I'm really, I'm just about to just send out stickers. Be like, koozies are coming later. I don't want to ship two things to people. That's ridiculous. Uh, you can play for free. Sign up for free. Have some fun. Going up against myself and Chris and Daniel and Andy here and Jamie. Jamie, you got to make your picks. Yeah, so, I look. I sent you a reminder a, email. I wrote an email. There's been a lot going on in my life, okay? I'll I'll get there. Okay, Maybe. I appreciate that. I, 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 I'll take that with a grain of salt. If you want to sign up, if you want to be part of the pick three, hit us up in the DMs. I had somebody do that this past week and joined in and made their picks this week. So hit us up on Twitter DMs at 1012 Network, T in the number 12 word network. Hit us up on the DMs on Instagram at 1012Pod, T in the number 12 P-O-D, and we will let you play the pick three for three for free. So symbol.com, get signed up. Make your first $25 deposit. Use promo code NETWORK12 to be entered in to win two free tickets to a Big 12 game of your choosing this season. Guys, I love Simple. It's a ton of fun. Glad to have them as a sponsor. I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. Go check it out. Poke around. See for yourself. This is Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I also hate Pit, joined by my brother, Jeremy J.N. Fiend Phoenix. We are the Raspy Voice Kids. We do the Raspy Voice Kids podcast. If you love West Virginia University, you will love our podcast. If you don't care about West Virginia University, you will love our pop culture segment. It begins every single episode. You can join in the fun anytime, any place. Get at your boys. All right. Uh, Oklahoma 37, Kansas State 31 in a game that was far more dominant than the final score makes it look. Okay. Kansas State gets that kickoff return right there at the end of the game. They get that touchdown to make it seven points closer. This was by far Oklahoma's best and biggest win of the year. It was a weird start to the game, like super, super weird. But oh, you looked pretty good. And look, Kansas State's beat up. I'm not trying to no, look, no. Let's let's do the the case of like this is a big win for Oklahoma because they beat up a beat up Kansas State team. Okay. Skylar Thompson played this game. We thought he would, but Kansas State, he didn't look 100 percent this Kansas State team is dealing with injuries. If they're healthy, I think this is this is a closer game. But Oklahoma did what they hadn't done thus far this season. They went out and they beat soundly a solid opponent. Again, it wasn't really a six-point game. That last touchdown made it look a lot closer than it actually was. This was a solid win for Oklahoma, their best one of the season. I'm not going to, like, they're rounding into form. Okay, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that was the best they've looked so far this year. So for OU fans who are now like, yeah, Spencer Rattler's great. I you if you were ready to bench him last week and appraise his name, praising his name this week, like, congrats, you're just a regular old fan. Just accept that and just be you. Whatever. OU's looking good. Kansas State, another season of injuries that's really going to derail what could have been a really good year, especially after they're not their three and zero non conference slate, like. I Kansas state needs that idle week that is coming for them. Cause they got to get right and get healthy. Yeah. I mean, you know, I was watching this game at the tailgate that I was at and I mean, well, I don't know. This one kind of struck me. I, I don't either. I wasn't watching very closely or I'm seeing something completely different from what you saw Philip. Yes. I mean, Oklahoma was fairly, good on offense like they didn't seem to necessarily be getting pushed around as much as they had it's especially that that offensive line you know I, I do see like for the most part 
I think they score. Actually, did they score? Yeah, they had the one interception. And other than that, they had a some sort of score on every other drive, which is absolutely fantastic. But when you do take into account the fact, you know, just how beat up this Kansas State team is, like the expectation is that they would be able to do something like that. So it's 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 another one of those, yes, it's a promising sign, but I don't know from watching this and from seeing this game that I'm thinking, oh, everything's fixed, that they're good. Like this was definitely much better than what it could have been. Um, the fact that they won, and like you said, that, you know, it would have been a two-score game if not for that kickoff return, um, you know, that makes me kind of wonder, though, you know, how much did we actually learn about Oklahoma in this game? Like, I'm not at the point yet where I'm going to throw everything out, the, uh, you know, out the window in terms of the criticisms we had or the worries that we had about that offensive line and say that everything is good to go. Um, you know, the other thing, too, we've seen special teams, and, and and again, I realize it's end of the game, but special teams giving up a touchdown that's come to bite several other Big 12 teams so far. We didn't necessarily think Oklahoma was going to have sorts of problems with that. So that's another thing to watch. It's not anything to be super concerned about at this point, but it just opens up another question at this point is, was that a game situation sort of thing? Was that Kansas State special teams doing what they normally do and getting a touchdown somewhere? Or is that just another thing for people to potentially worry about and see if it's a trend? Again, I, I, I don't know that I got any questions answered for me about Oklahoma. I'm not ready to say that, you know, this was the first step on Oklahoma making their, you know, Imperial Death March to the to the Big 12 championship yet because there was legitimate questions that we had. And this was not a game where you were going to be able to feel completely satisfied that those questions were answered. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't able to watch all of this with um, any degree of intensity. I definitely saw a, a chunk of it. I think that what I take away from it is how interesting it is just to see the condition of the big 12 this year we've talked about how there's so much of a free-for-all in the middle there but i think we're also sitting here talking about a fairly convincing oklahoma win that again taking away the kind of weirdo score there would have been a two-score win like how many times have we seen oklahoma just trample teams week after week and that's what it is i think it says something about the rest of the conference i think it says something about oklahoma i don't know exactly what it is that it's saying but it's saying something yeah the special teams thing like look kansas state had a kickoff return for touchdown against oklahoma state the week before like that's a very kansas state thing like it just is it's their special team scores like 10 times a season and I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm over-exaggerating when I say that. So, like, I'm not going to overly worry about that. Like, could that come back and get Kansas State a win at some point this season? I hope so. But, I mean, it's it's also the most Kansas State thing ever to get a, a kickoff return touchdown or punt return touchdown. It's just like, okay, it's it's Kansas State. Just prepare yourself no matter what you do. You can kick it out of bounds, and somehow they'll still return it for a touchdown once a game. Like, that's just Kansas State to me. <laughs> yeah, I, I think really – and, and and maybe this is me just looking for a reason to be upset with Oklahoma or to, you know, discount what Oklahoma is doing. But this was a game given the relative conditions of these teams, right, that I expected Oklahoma to get out early and, you know, and and make it a big score margin. Like they they kind of methodically slowly over the course of the, the game built up a lead just a little bit by little bit. And we're not used to seeing that from Oklahoma. I don't know if this is a Kansas State, for whatever reason, just kind of has their number because they've done this a couple times, you know, to, to Oklahoma in the past few seasons. 
or if my expectations for Oklahoma looking good are just a little too high. Like I'm not, I'm not sure what it is. This is just one of those that doesn't necessarily sit right with me as a, everything's fixed. Everything's good. Let's move forward and just assume that Oklahoma is going to run to the championship. We've seen so much weirdness in the big 12 that I like, it's just kind of spilling over to me in this game. This didn't, this like if, if if I'm an Oklahoma fan or trying to be an unbiased observer, this doesn't answer all the questions that I needed answered for this Oklahoma team for me to feel comfortable that this is the start of them running to a Big 12 championship and potentially trying to get a playoff spot. I get all that. But uh, as we're going to talk about Oklahoma State in a minute, like I think to some extent we have to accept that this might just kind of be who these teams are. And here's the thing. This is a great transition to Oklahoma State. I am so much more comfortable watching my team win a game where the final score is 48 to 45 than I am what we're seeing across the Big 12. Like the resurgence of defense, the not as good quarterback play, but still solid offense. Like the, the resurgence of defense at the Big 12, we're not seeing as much like, okay, we got to score in one play. Like if you got a drive that's more than three plays, your offense sucks. Like, Methodical is okay because it is it is benefiting the defenses, and this is what I think for Oklahoma State. Like Oklahoma State's defense is good. You know that they had their win over Baylor. They shut Baylor out in the first half. Got a couple of touchdowns in the second half, and and Baylor put some more yards up then. But Oklahoma State's defense did what it needed to do to get make sure they got that win, and then the offense rewarded them by also doing what needed to be done to get the win. I think there is a slight change in pace in some of these teams to to benefit their their defense because they're ha- they've got good defense. What Jim Knowles is doing at Oklahoma State is is really is really incredible, um, and I think what Alex Grinch is doing at Oklahoma is really really good. I think they have they do have good defenses, and the I think what they figured out is it's it's kind of hard to put the pressure on your defense to score in three plays and put them back on the field and then score in three plays, put them back on the field and then score. In three. Like, I do think there is some philosophy going on here that is changing the mentality of let's, let's allow our offenses to still be good and efficient, but maybe not put our defenses in such a, a crummy position as we often did where, well, the Big 12 doesn't play defense. No, it's just that when the offenses are that high-powered and you're putting your defense in a tough spot on a regular basis, expecting them to go out there and just dominate all the time is silly. And so I, I do think Oklahoma and Oklahoma State and, and some other teams are looking at the offense needs to benefit the defense more than it used to. And I do think that's a change in philosophy, which is why it seems like Oklahoma's not playing as well. And I, I they weren't great to start the season, let's be honest. But I, I do think... These lower, closer scores are more indicative of a change in the Big 12 from the, than it is like, well, the team's stuck now. Yeah, I can agree with that for sure. Like, this is, we, we've actually mentioned it a few times here. Like, the Big 12 is probably one of the better defensive conferences, honestly, at this point. Like, they have a lot of really good defenses. And the rest of the, the, rest of the nation has swung now to, with the exception of, you know, a team like Wisconsin or a lot of Big 10 teams, like, they have a lot of really high powered offenses, especially in the SEC, which everyone wants to talk about. Like, oh, you know, this is absolutely fantastic for offenses. Big the Big Twelve has again swung the opposite direction of what of what the SEC does. And so everyone wants to talk about that. But these are some really, really good defenses in the conference now. And so it's just a matter of like this is definitely going to be the new normal for right now. Is that I think some of these offenses are going to start to have issues and and the, you know, 
this honestly, I think that this game was a perfect example of that where, you know, the offenses struggled quite a bit compared to what we're used to seeing from big 12 teams, because I think these defenses are a lot better than most people want to admit. If we want to use other people's rankings, uh, S&P Plus has Oklahoma's offense as the third-ranked offense after five weeks, which sounds insane, right? Like, right. Like, it does not feel like it at all. Right. Um, defense. Now, part of that is the Western Carolina game is throwing those numbers off because they put up so many points on a team that wasn't good. It is. It, it, they're not the third-best offense because that FCS game is in there, and that's messing with the numbers. However, it is. it's not messing with the numbers like – 50 spots here people like it is better than you think it is it's just being a little bit more conservative on offense i really do think they are and part of that's because of the offensive line struggles they've, they've dealt with early in the season the defense is ranked 26 nationally uh iowa state is 27th on offense 13th on defense um i'm trying to go through everybody here in s&p plus rankings it's not organized by big 12 texas 56th in defense and 10th in offense and i actually think that 10th is closer to actually what they are uh baylor 14th in defense 80th in offense so you you're seeing a lot of i mean no oh, texas tech Oof. okay we're not gonna talk about that um i can't even find oklahoma state in here i don't know where they're ranked they must be terrible no there they go 12th in defense the offense is bad um we can go through epa per play uh on defense um from cfb graphs which is parker's site uh defensively if you go epa uh, Iowa State's number one in the Big 12. They're 19th nationally. Oklahoma State is 29th nationally, second in the Big 12. So, like, I do think there is a lot to back up. The Big 12 is good defensively. I, I don't know if they're the best defensive conference. They're always going to be at a slight... Defense is so much about defensive line play and talent. Like, I think even... You can mask a, last, a lack of talent on offense that's harder to mask on defense. But... I think there's some really damn good defensive coaches, some really damn good defensive schemes in the Big 12 that are what everyone, just like when everyone, everyone dogged the Big 12 offense that everyone's now stolen, everyone is going to be stealing the Big 12 defenses here in the next few years as well. Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I do want to jump back to this game real quick because there was one big question that came to me. Like, I, I do think that both of these defenses are good. Like, I think that's the big thing that I learned from here. I worry about both of these offenses one because like Spencer Sanders and the Oklahoma state offense, you know, there was three interceptions in this game. Um, and Oklahoma state was the only one that turned the ball over. What I worry about with Baylor isn't necessarily that they're going to make a whole bunch of mistakes. It's that they can't seem to get anything going except for in little spurts. You know, they had that, that little spurt at the beginning of the Iowa state game where they did a decent amount on offense and then basically nothing. The rest of the game here against Oklahoma state, you know, they had, a little spurt here and like halfway or like, I don't know if that was like at the end of the third quarter, but you know, their second and third drive, I'm sorry, their third and fourth drive of the second half was two touchdowns. And then outside of that, they literally did nothing else the entire game. So like, I, I worry what's going on with this Baylor offense. Is it just that they need more time to get everything going together? Or are they that streaky of an offense that you have to worry about? What are they going to do when they go up against another team that can actually score on their defense? So let me say this. Um, I'm still not all bought in on OSU. Like I know they're five and zero. Oh, I'm in a Big Twelve. I'm an Oklahoma State fan. I I'm. I promise this is not just me trying to be like overreacting to the other direction. I've watched every minute of every Oklahoma State game this season, and 
I do think they're being more conservative on offense. The offense, look, let me put this, let me say this. That is the best the offensive line has played so far this season. They had a fourth down play on the first drive that got them the touchdown, and then the fourth down play to seal the game with the, the touchdown to put them up 10 points at the end. Um, those those do not convert if it's the offensive line from week one and week two. They don't. It's not. It does not happen. Um, so the offensive line play is, play is continuing to improve. Uh, they're getting healthier. They get Tay Martin back. He's obviously their best wide receiver. So I do think Oklahoma State's offense is going to keep getting better. I will also note that is the first time that Spencer Sanders has been responsible for three turnovers or more in an Oklahoma State game at OSU one. So hopefully that's the one for this year. If you're an OSU fan, it doesn't happen again. It's happened. It happened against Texas Tech in 2019 and Texas last year. They lost both of those. He did it three interceptions this time. And you can say one wasn't his fault. I don't care. That's not the point of the stat. The point of the stat is he has one of these games every year. He had it and they won. That is a bucking that trend. I do think Oklahoma State defense is good. Um, they they force a lot of three and outs and they get really good down in the red zone up against like stopping things. So like the plays where teams are scoring more often than not are like big plays. They're, they'll give up a big play here and there. And that's kind of what we knew about Jim Knowles. Like they're going to give it up every while. It's a while, but the offense is supposed to score more easily. If the offense can figure some things out, this OSU team will be really good. But I am, I am, I'm still just not all the way bought in. I'm not. Um, I don't. I, they, they could be ten and zero, and I'd still be like, you know, I'm still not bought in on this Oklahoma State team. I feel like that's just how I'm going to be this year because it's like I said, like I'm not used to winning games twenty to four to fourteen where and knowing that the defense is going to get a stop. Like, it's very weird to me. I'm not comfortable in that kind of fandom. I grew up on 49-48 games, not 24-14. So basically what you're saying is that you're not going to be bought in until they're undefeated and have beat OU in Bedlam at the end of the year, correct? Like, like that's that's what has to happen for you to say that you're bought in on this Oklahoma State team, right? I, I almost need to have a, like, and it, it can't be against Kansas because that doesn't count. I really need like a game against a good opponent where the offense puts up like the defense does what it normally does, but the offense goes out and puts up like 35 to 40 points. And I go, okay, okay. Now we're talking like I, I, I need that. Um, and Kansas state last week doesn't count because and I don't mean this is not against Kansas state. Like they had quarterback issues in that game. They, they couldn't OSU shut down their running. Like it, I don't know. I, I, I'm not saying this isn't a good Oklahoma State team. I'm just, I can't, I can't, I can't like emotionally buy in because that's also the second I do is when they will crush my heart into um, just an ooey gooey mess. It will be bad. It will make me very sad. So what we've learned today on the 1012 podcast is that JSJ is the only one that actually believes in her team right now. Well, <laughs> we're just, we're just trying to have a good time. And- <laughs> win some football games along the way very good uh you know what's a really good time for me it's tailgating and if i can't tailgate then i'm hanging out at the house watching the games and i am going to be doing it lighting up the grill cooking something good enjoying myself and i am i am very excited i am very excited because now when you do so college football and college sports fans you can do so by searing your team's logo or mascot face right into that beautiful burger that you are making to serve yourself, thanks to Gridiron Metalworks. Okay, no tailgate is complete without a grill, and no grill is complete without Gridiron Metalworks. Find collegiate branded grill grates, griddles, 
as well as home decor like flower pots, stainless steel bookends, coasters, can coolers, and things of that nature, all with actual school logos and in actual school colors, not just like, oh, that's 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 an orange. You know, it could be, no, no, no. It is Oklahoma State orange, America's brightest orange. It is burnt Texas orange. It is the right color. I say, I've actually seen the packets that they use for the coloring. It actually has the name of the school. Like it is a, their official shade. So yes, it is, it is the right color. It is legit. You can get Iowa State black, you know, because that's their school. I'm sorry. I, I was waiting. That's see awesome. James pay. That was just see if Jamie's paying attention. Uh, see your steak, burgers, brats, or veggies with perfect pistol Pete, Baylor Bear, Jayhawk, Grill Marks. Uh, they've got grill grates and grills for all 10 teams of the Big 12 Conference. Okay. They're freaking awesome. I'm getting my, my father in law does not listen to this, so he's not going to be shocked you know, when the Arkansas griddle or grill grate shows up for him. Uh, you got somebody who's really hard to shop for, but he's a huge college sports fan. This is the perfect place to go. Everything is high quality, custom cut, and made in the USA. Guys, these things are freaking cool. Like, it's super neat. And if you're someone who has a ton of stuff for your school, like a super fan, and you're like, I don't know what else to add except for another home field shirt, which you should, uh, this is the perfect thing. So right now, when you use the promo code 1012, T-E-N-1-2, you're going to get 15% off your first order. All orders of $100 or more get free shipping. I'm so, like, Andy... Props to you, sir, because you and it worked very hard, you and I both, but you've worked very hard to get this as a sponsor for the network. And I am I, oh, I yeah. am thrilled that they are one now. Like I am super thrilled that they're a, a yeah, look, 10, look, I, I, sponsor. I uh I actually had Derek, who who's the founder, you know, the, the owner over there, over on the Rock Chalk podcast to talk about it because you know, I, I just happened to see them on Twitter at one point. Absolutely loved it. You know, took a look at what they had. I actually got them to make me a custom sign of my podcast logo out of metal. They cut it out. It's hanging on my wall. It's absolutely fantastic in all its stainless steel glory. So I absolutely love that thing. Um, you know, and it, I mean, it was a it was a relatively good price for, you know, for what it is. I mean, it was absolutely fantastic. Actually, no, I take that back. It was a fantastic price for what they did and, and for how they did it. So, um, you know, I, I am... Honestly, the only reason I don't already have a grill grate from Gridiron is because I don't have a grill right now. I'm trying to get one at this point because my last one broke not too long ago. So, um, yeah. So once I get that situation figured out, then I'm going to have me a Gridiron grill grate. So, um, yeah, no, it was absolutely fantastic. I love everything that they do there. Uh, I am looking forward to my gigantic Gridiron, you know, order that's going to be coming for the holidays. So gridironmetal.com. Promo code 1012, T-E-N-1-2, 15% off your first order. Go give them a follow on Twitter, at Gridiron Metal. Um, they are very, like, home field-like as far as personality goes. It's a whole lot of fun. All right, look into this weekend ahead. This is what we always do to wrap each show up each week. We only have three games in the Big 12. Four teams are taking a week off. Uh, three games on the schedule. I, I don't want to do which one's your favorite because I want to do it more like this. I want to have a quick discussion about this. Obviously, Red River is on Saturday. Uh, ESPN loves themselves some e, uh, SEC because they're obviously going to go take uh, game day there. All the Big Ten fans are up in their um, undies because Iowa-Penn State's a top five matchup between two undefeated teams for that game's on Fox, and ESPN's like, nah, we're going to the SEC game. I keep making that joke, and I'm going to keep making that joke because it's a good joke. Um, it is the it, It's one of the two... Best games this weekend is, of course, Red River. Both teams are ranked. Both look – this this looks like it can be a very, very close game. Uh, Oklahoma is currently favorite at three and a half. 
But that's 11 a.m. I'm going to set that aside. There's two other Big 12 games that I think are are very important as far as the Big 12 pictures has to do. To do. West Virginia is traveling to Baylor. The game is 11 a.m. in Waco. TCU is traveling to Texas Tech. The game is at 6 o'clock in Lubbock. This feels like an opportunity this weekend for some separation. Some real separation in the Big 12. You've got West Virginia still looking for their first Big 12 win, traveling to Baylor, who looked really good, turned three, you know, 2-0 and in non-conference against subpar competition, stomped on Kansas, got the big upset win over Iowa State. Now they got a West Virginia team who is desperate and needing a win coming to Waco. Go to Lubbock, TCU, 2-2, two and two, back-to-back losses, don't have a Big 12 win yet, going to Texas Tech, who pulled off basically an upset over West Virginia. They're feeling really good. TCU is the favorite on the road by a point and a half. Like, Depending upon how this goes, we could have an even bigger mess than we already have in the middle of the Big 12. Or if Texas Tech and Baylor are to win these games, you're really going to start to see some separation between teams in the top half of the conference and teams at the bottom if TCU falls to 0-2 in conference play and West Virginia falls to 0-3. This is why I don't want to have like what's the most important game to you because I think as as big as Red River is, it almost has to like let's just set it aside. I think these two games are huge, especially for TCU and West Virginia. Yeah, I, I think that those two games are going to determine whether we have a six-team middle of the pack or a three-team middle of the pack. You know, like like in in terms of those after the two that make it to the championship game, because like this is a must-win for West Virginia. If they don't win this game, like you could easily envision a scenario where they don't even go bowling this year like and after the way that the year started that would be a huge shock you know after the after the beginning because if they can't win this game right against Baylor I don't know other than the Kansas game any of those games that you immediately look at that one and say oh yeah they're gonna win that one for sure like you would think maybe at Kansas State but that's at Kansas State and who knows what Kansas State's quarterback situation is gonna look like or anything like that at that point like who knows how good they're gonna get by that point because Kansas state typically gets better. West Virginia has to have this game if they want to maintain uh-huh. that, you know, that touch point with the rest of the big 12, but also with the possibility of a bowl game, um, which is kind of scary. If I'm a West Virginia fan at this point, TCU is in a very similar situation. Like they, they really need to have this game because they were expected to be one of the better teams in the big 12. And if they go Owen two, while it's still just Owen two, it's not necessarily as dire of a circumstance as like an Owen three for West Virginia. Um, you know, they're in a very similar situation where, you know, this is this Texas Tech game coming into the year was one of the ones that you wrote as a, oh, yeah, they should win this one pretty, pretty soundly. Like there was always a realistic possibility that they could be two and two, depending on how they played against either Cal or, or SMU, you know, and then if they lost to Texas. But if they can't get this game against Texas Tech, then you have to wonder how many of these other games that they're gonna actually going to be able to get. Um, you know, you have again. The KU game is probably an easy win for them at that point. But other than that, you know, they're also on the road at Kansas State. So I I can't, after that, you know, one of those teams is going to win West Virginia, but both of those teams would need to have that game if they lose this week in order to feel really good about their chances to go bowling or to compete for the Big 12 championship, you know, spots. Yeah, it's it's definitely a weird spot for these teams to be in because just kind of by virtue of obviously – the way things end up and the way their schedule set up they're they're teams that look like they could be pretty decent they're teams that could go on to have a really great season but they have this opportunity here to be starting out you know oh three oh two like 
it's rough. It's really rough, but I'll be extremely interested to see how it all shakes out. I think that West Virginia Baylor, especially, I'm really excited to watch and it'll be, it'll be an interesting one because West Virginia is going to have a pretty major chip on their shoulder. They know that this one's a really big one. For TCU, they've already had their idle week. There's no breaks left. They go to Texas Tech this week, then they get at Oklahoma the week after, and then they get West Virginia at home. West Virginia at Baylor, a week off, and then at TCU. Like For these two teams, I really think this is a big weekend for both. And and look, we've seen it from TCU the past couple seasons. They start out slow, they struggle, and then they kind of flip a switch, and so then they, they get a three or four straight wins at the end of the season you didn't think they were going to get. Now they've got seven wins or enough wins to go to a bowl game. And, and maybe that happens again. Um, but that's playing with fire every single year. And for West Virginia, as good as this defense is to waste that, uh, you know, you had two straight three-point losses. Now you go into a Baylor team that I, I just don't know. Like I, these two games are so big to me. Like I, I'm for, for all of these teams for Baylor, like you, you still feel good, but like West Virginia only has two wins. They only got two wins in non-conference. Like they have to find four more wins for a bowl game. If they lose this weekend, I think that's really hard to do. And I like Neil Brown, but I'm going to understand and just have to see some justice in, in, in questioning the climb, as he calls it, if, if they miss the bowl game in year three. And for TCU, you've lost to SMU two straight years. Now you lose back-to-back games to SMU. Like, there's a lot to play. There's a lot of season left for TCU. They've only played four games because they've already had their idle week. But I just I think it puts a lot of pressure on this on this road trip to Texas Tech this weekend. So two huge games to watch. Obviously, Red River a big game. Uh, I'm sure SEC fans will be keeping very close eyes on it. I'm gonna make this joke all I want for every year this, that they're still here. I don't care. Um. So yeah. Okay. I think that feels pretty good. Feels like it's a good spot to to wrap at as we've been going a little bit long. I'm really sorry. Uh, Andy, where can everybody check you out, man? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at AndyMitch12 or the Rock Chalk Podcast on Twitter at Rock Chalk Pod. JSJ? Still the same handle on every platform at JSTEYZ, J-S-T-E-Y-Z. And follow us on Twitter at 1012network. Follow us on Instagram at 1012pod. Rate and review the show. Five stars, please. Leave us a review. We will read it on the show. And if someone's left me one since the last time I checked, I apologize. I will double check and I will read them on next Monday's show. You guys are awesome. We will be back on Thursday to make picks as we always do. And we will talk to you then. Podcast Network.